This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Purple Daily is daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I will ride with this group. Seriously, man. Please. And away we go. All right, boys. Two episodes today. A two-episode Tuesday. Whew. I'm football. playing hurt, too. I'm playing oh, really? hurt. Yeah, I... Uh... Not joking about this. I, I was dusting off the the edge of the staircase this morning, and I went to go downstairs. Then, like three three stairs, right? Like three three left, and I, I was just on the stair. I missed a stair, and my left foot buckled, and I fell onto the landing. But I but I think I felt some like I'm not joking. I think I felt some like ligament stretching. Like oh. I don't feel I don't feel like I broke my foot, but I feel is this so, like foot or is it high ankle? Is it I think foot? it's it's foot and ankle, but I don't think it's high ankle. But it might be because if it's a stretched, I'm I'm just saying I am playing hurt. Is I it a Liz, a, Fra- a Liz Liz Frank? Frank? I hope no, no, that's on the bottom, right? I think that's on the bottom. So I think I'm good on that. I think it's an ankle, and it's a foot. It's a midfoot. It's not an Achilles. No, 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 no. no, no. no. I couldn't walk if it was an Achilles. No, it's I mean, like Kobe. Kobe walked back to the bench yeah, after knocking cool. down two. I think I need severe pain. My Achilles feels fine. It's my foot, and I've had a pack of frozen peas as, as we record these shows <laughs> what? on this my entire foot. time. We've recorded three podcasts <laughs> yes. already. This yes. is our fourth. Well, I didn't want to frozen you know, peas Roycey, on your and foot. Then it was Doogie, and then it was four. Show, us, show us the peas. Them. Show us the bag. Show us the peas right now. Oh, hold on, I gotta get them out with my. Foot. Show us the peas. This needs this needs to make social it's, media. It's, now it is. There. <laughs> there. The D's have been on my foot the whole are show. You, are you going to – by the way, people people scoff at like, you can put that back in the freezer. There's a bag between the food and your foot. Oh, God, yeah. Do people say you can? I mean, I would say – I think if it I like mean, fully uh, – if it's been two hours and, and it's fully cooked now <laughs> because I mean, of your warm it, foot. It's just corn. Is it corn? Yeah, it's fine. Like, look at this thing. This thing's totally packed up. I mean, it's melted a little bit, so it's it's not as frozen. So, so I, I, I I just take it you don't have ice ice packs. Just just a no, just a no. standard blue Slurpee pouch ice pack. Uh, if we do, I have no idea where it is. We have like corn and peas, man. Yeah, we have like three yeah. of them in our house. So we. Oh, we, do you really? Yeah, we're not. Nah, we're we might. I don't know for sure. Per- percent chance you're on crutches in the next week. Ooh. Oh, very low. I, I'm considering going to buy a cane because I'd like a cane. 
to walk with because it, it looks d- distinguished. But I don't think I did. Like, I felt the ligaments. I felt like something sort of ripping a little bit as I fell. Yeah. It shifted, oh, no. but it didn't. It was very quick. And well, then I bounced back up. Our thoughts are with you as you navigate this. Well, do you know what this is? Problem today. This is what happens, you know, to all the greats, running backs, right? I, yeah. I mean, we you're not do always going to be 100. percent You got we you can't, do a football show. You can't make the club in a tub, as Brad Childress exactly. used to say. Exactly, you know? and and you know, I sit and talk. So, like, if it improves, it improves. If it doesn't, I'll just crawl to my couch when when, when this is done. Well, hopefully, fine. you can make it through this episode because there's a really interesting quote here from the Athletic that yes. we need your sports dad expertise on. Yes, you've seen a lot of Vikings football more than we have. And Alec Lewis, who uh, covers the Vikings for The Athletic, wrote, One veteran agent wondered aloud, this is at the Senior Bowl, by the way, where that's Senior Bowl is kind of where a lot of the whispers start, right? You got a bunch of people down there in Mobile. Any any place where there is a gathering of league officials and coaches and involves drinks, which all of these things do, the key, as, as Phil knows, the absolute key, Bars and booze. Yeah, the lobby bar. You know, yeah. old veteran agent with a scout with a, with three a beers, GM. and you're like, let me tell you something about your guy. <laughs> so one veteran agent wondered aloud if one complicating factor might end up being differing opinions among Vikings decision makers if ownership, GM, and head coach differ in what they think is the optimal path to take at quarterback, whose opinion will win out. When you when you look at ownership, GM, and head coach, and what each of them might think about the quarterback position, Kirk Cousins, what do you do? Right, he's on this media tour right now, right, all but saying, "I'm not close to a deal with the Vikings. Can't wait to see how this plays out in March when five other teams can offer me eighty million dollars in a silver briefcase." Right? What do you make of this idea that ownership? GM and head coach for the Vikings might all have, or maybe one versus two of them right. have different opinions on where this thing should go. If all three have differing opinions of some sort, we got trouble. We got chaos, but let's say it's, let's say it's the Wills. And look, I mean, Kirk has been, he, he has not been a, a massively successful QB because he's won one playoff game in his entire tenure here, but he's popular. He's, played well statistically, right? Um, but if ownership is directly coming in and saying, oh, no, 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 we got to do everything that, that we can to keep Kirk, I guess I have one question. Why did you hire Quazy and, more importantly, O'Connell? Like, Kevin O'Connell, if Kevin O'Connell wasn't hired to identify Kirk's replacement, what's the point of Kevin? Yeah. So, but the scary thing is, I think that agent is talking from like observations of how this team and franchise have operated. So I don't think it's this crazy drunken statement. I think he's probably whoever he's talking to Alec, that is whoever he's discussing this with clearly probably has a pretty good idea. And we've seen this before of what the Wilfs want and what the Wilfs think Kirk can do. And so when I saw that from mobile and Alex reporting, it definitely caused me concern because if there's not a feeling that the Vikings, as we head towards March rapidly, aren't on the same page here, what are we doing exactly? 
Like this to me should have been made this decision in how it's going to play out. Unless Kirk took a cut rate deal, which would shock me. If this is sort of like, a, well, we can't even decide in-house what direction things should go. I have a lot of concern because now you are clearly not empowering the people that run the franchise to run the franchise. See, this all to me stems from two years ago when they change out general manager and coach and and they bring in Quasey and, and Kevin. And they're doing their press conference and Quasey talks about a competitive rebuild. This was always destined to happen with a competitive rebuild, which is you're still stuck in the middle ground two years later. You're not really close to winning a Super Bowl, but you're also not really close to like drafting number one overall and really getting to hit the reset button. And your quarterback is now aged from 34 to 36. He's coming off an Achilles tendon injury. And because you're in the middle of a competitive rebuild, you're trying to figure out where Kirk Cousins falls between those two words. I mean, you can't say that you're competing fully if you're moving off of one of the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Although I could put up an argument that your team might get better if you do that. Sure. Uh, but you can't say that you're fully rebuilding if you continue to employ a 36-year-old $40 million a year quarterback. So it, it all goes back to this, the, the vagueness of competitive rebuild right. is making it hard for the people that run this team to decide exactly which path forward to take. Because competitive rebuild is not a path. Rebuild is a path. Compete is a path. The Rams five years ago said, we are competing for a Super Bowl. We don't care about first-round picks. In fact, we are looking to take all of our first and second-round picks for the next seven years and trade them for things that can help us compete right now. The Bears said, by contrast, we're looking to rebuild. So we're looking to take good players and players with value over the last three years and trade them for assets, draft pick assets, clear out cap space, right? And now the Bears are coming up the other side of the mountain again with the same record as the Vikings. So competitive rebuild is not a path. And that's why they keep getting tripped up here as they have these internal conversations with what, a month until free agency opens. If that's the case, yes. That's very concerning. Sorry, Dex, go ahead. Yeah, I, well, what were you hired for, Quasey and Kevin O'Connell, just to, just to basically run things back and to be puppet, be puppets from the Wilfs, and the Wilfs want to win championships? You know, honestly, I think we should really go back and kind of rewatch that presser that Mark gave right after they fired Zim and Spielman, where they talked a lot about Super Bowl championships, and that's the standard here, and we want to win a Super Bowl. Well, yes, of course, at, at, at the end of the day, every owner is going to say that, but at, are you really just too scared of moving on from something that hasn't gotten you even close to a Super Bowl? So I, I think what's so confusing is Quasi and Kevin were hired that were completely different, too, by the way, from Spielman and Mike. I mean, just polar opposite individuals. Well, how are you going to let them do your jobs if you're afraid to let them do their damn job? And I think that's what's so frustrating to see. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So there's things at play here. 
first of all, and crazy has been asked about this in subsequent press conferences quite a bit. And I feel like he sort of dances and dodges a bit, but was there an expiration date on the competitive rebuild phrase? Like, cause you won 13 games. Okay. You proved that that team can win, but then guess what? Unfortunately you host the playoff game and lost. So like, are we still in, like, is this a never ending? We are always going to be in a competitive rebuild. Now, Quasi's point, he did say this at his, I believe, end of the season presser, and it might be telling. He talked about the fact that that part of that was trying to free up cap room and guys are gone. Thielen's gone. Harrison Smith is probably gone. Uh, So they have definitely freed up space. Now, the head of the fish is Kirk. And the question becomes, if you are truly, if you truly were devoted to proving that Zimmer's last team could win, which in the regular season you did, are you prepared to move on now because you proved that and now it's time to reset, which I think is a very fair word. The other thing that I think that we don't probably talk enough about, because we've talked a lot about what we call ponder PTSD, but what we don't talk enough about is this one, Wilf quarterback. PTSD. So starting in 2006, they go and hire Brad Childress and laugh now, but he came here as Andy Reid's OC, didn't call plays, but he was yeah. still seen as the next guy like offensively. And he said, "Let's let's get Tavares Jackson." In, in fact, I think they traded to get the last pick of the second round from Pittsburgh and they took T-Jack, okay? Okay, so that sort of goes along and doesn't work well and then it's Gus Farrat and then it's this litany of veterans, and then they get Brett Favre. Short-term fix. Hall of Fame QB. Damn near gets them to a Super Bowl. They come out of the Favre thing, and again, they're like, okay, let's get Ponder. McNabb. My point is this. Other than Kirk, in their minds, and this depends on what their interpretation of success is, but other than Kirk, in their minds, these guys have owned this team since 2006 and never found, until Kirk, stability at quarterback. And I think that's playing a role here, if not in your face, subconsciously, in how this team operates now in taking chances on quarterbacks. And they might also be looking, too, kind of like along with your point, that the most successful seasons they have had have been with veteran quarterbacks, right? Maya Maya? Mackey seems to agree here, too. The dogs are incredible. Yeah, they are. I know. This is unbelievable. They're very excited. but. You've got Brett Favre in 2009 is the most successful season that they've had. That's the closest they came because they were actually like su- supposed to win the game in the second half of, you know, they were going to kick a field goal to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, 2000, you could even say 2008 because they won the division for the first time. Gus Farratt started most of those games. He wasn't as good as Favre was, but it was a veteran quarterback that stabilized something after T-Jack couldn't do it. Um, 2017 was probably the second most successful season and they had Sam Bradford into veteran case Keenum, right? Case Keenum was like five years in the league. He'd been around the block a couple of times and then Kirk cousins. Now 2015, when they went 11 and five, that was with a young Teddy Bridgewater yep. and defense kind of carried that team. Yep. But yeah, they, I mean, they do in, in almost two decades running this franchise, they've had a lot of really bad experiences with young quarterbacks that haven't fully panned out. I did find the statement, by the way, this is from two years ago, the day that the Vikings announced that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer were gone. And 
I'm going to read this. You guys tell me if you think the, that ownership is living up to the standard that they put out in this press release. Yep. We appreciate Rick and Mike's commitment to the team's on-field success, their passion for making a positive impact in our community, and their dedication to players, coaches, and staff. While these decisions are not easy, we believe it is time for new ownership to elevate our team so we can consistently contend for championships. Mm-hmm. We wish both Rick and Mike and their families only the best. Our comprehensive search for a new GM and head coach will begin immediately. We are determined to have sustained success and bring Vikings fans the Super Bowl championships, plural, that they expect and deserve. Super Bowls, championships, plural. Right. Two years ago. And we, I remember, in fact, we should maybe even go back and like rewatch our episodes. I remember us three honestly praising the Wilfs for these comments too, right? Like these are refreshing, yeah. even though they're, they're a little cookie cutter because ownership again is going to always say championship standard, but that was a refreshing take. And especially after coming off stability, right? With Mike and Spielman and Spielman, especially had been in the organization forever. And it's just, it kind of feels like, are, are you, you sure about that? It feels literally exact, sure exactly like the Netflix meme. So I, I, I genuinely don't know if you really are sure about that. Their interpretation and our interpretation of the exact same thought process, I think, are wildly different. And, and I think that's what this comes down to. In fact, I'm going to go back to 2009. So coming out of 08, and if you guys recall, in 08, although they were cleared of tampering charges, which was ridiculous, the Vikings had worked very hard to get Brett Favre, and they didn't. And I remember being at training camp in, in 09, and the late, great John Clayton was there for ESPN at the time. And I remember talking to him and he's like and this was before Favre came back and he's like this team is so close he's like this team is ready to win this team mm-hmm. is a and and I mean you know John Clayton had, had seen 10 times more football and covered teams that were Super Bowl champions so like he knew what he was he knew what he was seeing far more than a guy like me and I remember thinking really like like they're good but and then Favre comes in and bang, he was 100% right. They got the piece, and they took off. And I wonder if the Wilfs have been looking or thinking that there's some type of cheat code since then. Because, like, this team offensively has a lot of components. Now, defensively, they turned around. I'm not sure if they're great. They're probably not great. But my point is, I wonder if that 2009 warped their view of the necessary work that has to be done to truly win a championship. You know, but this is where I, because I think they tried to pull the same move in 2018, right? When they signed Cousins. Now they had even gone further the year before because like 2008, they were 10 wins. I think they won the, they won the division and then they got beat by the Eagles at home in the wild card round. Uh, But they weren't being accused of being a Super Bowl threat in 2008. But yeah, they were kind of like just one really good quarterback away from taking the next step. The 2017 Vikings were better than the 2008 Vikings, and then they add what they thought was a final piece to the puzzle. But here's my biggest question to the Wilfs, okay? When you added Brett Favre in 2009, you became one of the top two offenses in the NFL. You became the second highest scoring offense, a top five yardage offense. So let's just let's just keep it at scoring offense. Boy, we add this. We've got weapons. Forget about defense. Let's just talk about offense for a second. We've got weapons, and we just need a trigger person here that can come in and be that final piece. And boom, they go from 
they go from uh, 12th. It's funny. They were actually 12th in scoring offense with Gus Ferrat and Tavares Jackson. Think about that. And Adrian Peterson, obviously. The average Kirk Cousins offense in his career is 13th in scoring. Mm-hmm. Again, the 2008 Vikings with Tavares Jackson and Gus Ferrat were the 12th highest scoring offense in the NFL. The average Kirk Cousins offense in his career is 13th. Mm-hmm. But I bring all this up to say that offensively, Favre was the final piece with those weapons, with that offensive system, to become an elite offense, second in scoring. Kirk Cousins, with prime Stefan Diggs, prime Adam Thielen, prime Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill. Like, has it all been perfect? No, but my God, so many quarterbacks would kill to have these weapons. The highest rank they've ever been is eighth in scoring. Yeah. So it's not even it, it's not even comparable, really. Like, and and now we're at the point where the roster is not the same as it was in a lot of different areas. And like, are they even going to be able to build it back up before he's 38 years old? So why there's even conflict behind the scenes is incredible to me. I don't know what they're thinking. If there is, like, like, because th- this is an agent, I think, hypothesizing, and he might be right, but um, that would be if there truly is different factions there and some are like, bring Kirk back and some are like draft a quarterback and some are like, no, let, let's sign a bridge guy. The scary thing about that, that goes right back to Ponder McNabb. That's exactly what happened there. Less. I, I remember being at the owners meetings in new Orleans at that breakfast and Frazier was t- talking about, I want a veteran guy. And it was clear that it was going to be McNabb. I think this was right before that lockout in the offseason took place. Mm-hmm. And Spielman was bound and determined to draft a guy. And that's the thing. You need to have people on the same page, especially with this. Especially they w- with this. They would have been better off literally just starting McNabb the whole year and never having drafted Ponder to begin with. Like, just go take a defensive player or something and then try again. Oh, the God, yeah. Year, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, what if this truly... If what Alex reports from a hypothesis is absolutely true, if that there is no bigger problem than that, if you really have people, because that's how you never win. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a uh, no. It's it's really it, again. We have another month until like this all actually plays out. But interesting to note that there's probably still some indecision behind the scenes from this. Just it's an agent who's hypothesizing, but these are people that are right. that are pretty plugged in. Uh, Before we get to an interesting mock draft here. So this Saturday, you can come and hang out with us at the Minnesota Golf Show for a live taping of it's going to be kind of a combination Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. And it'll just be a live show for the audience. And we'll post the audio later on our podcast feeds. But uh, the Minnesota Golf Show taking place this Friday through Sunday at the Minneapolis Convention Center, Saturday at two o'clock on the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant podcast stage is where you can find us hanging out. We'll uh, be answering questions, and we'll be having a good time at the Minnesota Golf Show. MNGolfShow.com for ticket information. MNGolfShow.com. Also, our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company are uh, helping business owners all across the state of Minnesota and beyond. In addition to being a great place to partner with if you're looking for just a better insurance partnership, Uh, It's also one of the best places to work in the state of Minnesota, a top 10 employer, according to Forbes at the end of last year. So uh, they're all about 
equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect at Federated. These are the four cornerstones that create the foundation that supports all of their interactions and decision-making. Find out more information at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. I want to mock. Mock! Okay, gentlemen. Now, you guys did this one on Purple Daily on draft yesterday, yep. Dak. So people can, if you want smarter people who know more about the draft, well, then I'm you excited. should go. I don't even Check know what that. this is then. It's Lance Zierlein, NFL.com. Oh, Zierlein. Lance, Prominent mocker here. Yeah, Zierlein's mm-hmm. not Mount Rushmore, but somewhere, right? He's, he's, he's in he's the close. mix, though. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's not your ace starter, but he is a solid game right. two starter in a World Series game, baby. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that I love one? it. Sure, dude. Huh? Let's yeah. talk. <laughs> so he's got the Bears taking Caleb Williams number one. Commanders going Jaden Daniels two, and then the Patriots taking Marvin Harrison Jr. with the third pick. So a little bit of a shuffling here, sure, from the normal chalk that we see. Definitely, Cardinals taking Roma Dunze, wide receiver, Washington fourth. Falcons trade up with the Chargers to take Drake May with the number five pick. Yeah, doesn't say what the draft compensation I mean, is, but if he falls to five. Um... Everyone's the calling. Should go. I think the Vikings should make the serious mm-hmm. bid right there. I do too. Okay, uh, Talise Fuaga, the first offensive tackle off the board to the Giants. Joe Alt, another offensive tackle to the Titans. Terrian Arnold, Alabama cornerback to the Chargers at eight. Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver to the Bears at nine. So another weapon. Well, for Caleb Williams in this case. Yep. J.C. Latham, the Alabama tackle, to the Jets at 10. They desperately need help at tackle. And that puts the Vikings on the clock at 11, where they select Florida State edge rusher Jared Verse. I want a mock! Mock! So, there you go. So we, uh, two, we had two takeaways from this. Number one, because and it's a little bit of a spoiler alert, uh, J.J. McCarthy Judd goes to the Broncos with the next pick. So McCarthy goes 12 after the Vikings yep. take verse at 11. Uh, okay. Two things. If they if the Vikings love J.J. McCarthy, you got to take J.J. McCarthy as your guy. You can't be afraid. You can't be hoping, obviously, that he falls to you maybe yeah, in the second round or falls in the draft. Like, if you've identified J.J. McCarthy as your mm-hmm. guy and he's on the board there, you got to take him. But, sure. and we, I believe, played this out on one of our live mock drafts in between us three. So verse goes at 11. But then... At 13, it's Byron Murphy Jr., defensive tackle. Layatu Latu goes next at 14. Uh, Dallas Turner is at 16. There is, again, a run on defensive tackle edge rushers, and if you like those guys, this is where I would. I know Vikings fans don't want to hear this. I would move back a couple spots, get your other date two pick, and still get a probably really good defensive lineman tackle edge. If that's, if that's how the board plays out, where none of those guys are off the board yet, I think you move back two or three spots you get an extra day two pick and you still are able to grab a defensive lineman. But if Drake may falls, I'm just, I'm also got true. to go yes. balls to the wall to get up there and get him. Bo Nix, by the way, is the next quarterback off the board on this mock at 30. And then obviously uh, Michael Penix would be falling into the second round. So five quarterbacks in the first round here, and then Penix somewhere after this. Interesting. That's very Pretty good. Mock. I want a mock. We still need more trades and mocks. We still need more trades. Yeah, and mocks. you can't credibly do a mock without projecting well, the King, a trade. The Kingsbury hire, no. as we discussed on the Monday show, right in Washington now, 
So you're telling me that Washington is not going to do everything with within its power to flip with the Bears, which, by the way, could be too much for the Bears to, to turn down. And we still it, don't know it, how the Bears feel about Fields. If you're the Bears, I don't know how you could be so sure about Caleb Williams that you wouldn't take like two draft picks to just move back and take Drake May number two. Right. right? That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or Jaden Daniels or whoever. Caleb do. sounds like easily the most talented but I don't know he is the most wired to play quarterback. Yeah, there's definitely some like there's some question marks some there. Questions. This ain't this ain't a generational okay for sure. And those guys sometimes don't make it. Yeah, you can't go you can't go uh crying to your parents after an NFL game. But kid. the Chargers, uh, if 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 Drake May gets to the Chargers, if I'm the Vikings, plus crazy, I think he's still friends with Jim Harbaugh, so that there's a relationship so, there. But that's it. But so I was going to bring that up. Actually, we should do an episode on this. So you thought of the same thing, but for a different angle. I was thinking Quasi's friends with Jim Harbaugh and Harbaugh loves JJ McCarthy. As the right. Vikings are doing Intel. I mean, oh Jim Harbaugh God. literally like went up, went right. on national TV and, and was saying like, I think by the end of the process, JJ McCarthy will be the number one quarterback, which is just him. It's cult leader Jim Harbaugh like pumping right. the tires of one of his players. But, Absolutely. but don't you think as the Vikings are going through their process, Quasey is almost assuredly talking to Jim Harbaugh about J.J. McCarthy. And, and Jim is sitting there wringing his broken fingers together saying, ah, you're going to love this guy. Well, ah, you're going to love this guy. But then he to, spins it. Well, he spins it. To the, the report that we talked about off the top of the show, I guess my question is this. If Quasey is spinning for McCarthy, is O'Connell in on that? If he is great, awesome. Kev, if he's not, Kev, I should have had your job, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do me I mean, solid. that's there's Take a lot. Guy. There are so many questions, and don't forget too. Don't forget, we have now entered the portion of essentially the off season that is so delicious that there is now is a report, credible report circulating that Mike Vrabel was passed over for jobs because too he's too big and intimidating. I love the off season. He's too big. <laughs> Dan mean, Campbell is the right size, but Mike Vrabel is a little bit too big. Did that to not read like a SNL type of skit? Dude, and it was from an anonymous general manager, which kind of shows you that, boy, there's some dumbass general managers. Oh, in the yeah. NFL. You think, boy, it's 32 of the smartest people in the oh. world, right? No, it's <laughs> not too always. big. People, <laughs> when people see him, like, like the thing with Zim where he didn't say hi was funny, but it sort of made sense, right? Like yeah, you're a, really obnoxious. He's a not... scary guy too. Yeah. But I mean, Vrabel would literally has been blackballed now because of his size. Dude, it's hilarious, man. It is weird. Yeah. Belichick and Vrabel, they should start a podcast. I listen to that podcast. How, how about Saban, crusty football Saban and Belichick? Oh, I listen to that podcast too. Let's make it happen. All right. We got to go. We got to go. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We just want Judd to eat that corn. It's going back on my ankle right now. I'm injured.